If you feel that you don't even have time just to sit for five minutes and drink your coffee, what does that say about how you see your value and the way the rest of the world is set up that you have to rush through things that you enjoy to be kind of back into the cog of the big machine that's turning like hey oh welcome to build to be you my name is Michaela and I am so pumped that you're here I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s overcoming previous failures learning to face your fears dance with your emotions and take messy action in order to build and become the best you you can expect a little bit of mixed up love and a whole lot of real talk but let me just say this journey is so much more fun with the besties So buckle up and let's do it together. Welcome, Sadie, to the Build View podcast. I am so honored and so excited to have you in this space here today. And we are just kind of talking off the mic. The things that we're going to be chatting today have been things that I've been integrating into my own world. So I'm also excited to learn from you alongside my community. Why don't you just take a few minutes to tell us who Sadie is? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Delighted to be here. So yeah, my name is Sadie, Sadie Titular um, from This Curious Life Coaching. And I'm really passionate about working with women, especially women. So I think um, we we don't prioritise this stuff enough, like resting and playing and looking after our own needs to get back in contact with what it is that we really want from life, what we want more of as well, because we're not supposed to want more. We're supposed to be happy with what we've got. So that idea of daring to want more um, is, is something that I've gone through myself. And I love helping other people do that. So finding out what we want more of and then connecting with ways to get that without burning out, without being stuck in overwhelm, without leaving all our joy kind of squished up into the margins of life. Um, so that we can find maybe not a kind of a balance because life never is just a pure balance, but there's a harmony and a rhythm that we can find if we allow ourselves to weave through restful, playful practices with intention into our lives, our days, our weeks, so that we can find a little bit more space and everything just doesn't feel so squashed up all the time. So yeah, that's what I, that's what I love doing. I, I love that. And you and your work is so aligned for my community and just the woman who's listening right now who is ambitious, but has kind of that limited belief and that feeling of, I want to do it all, but I have these societal pressures and these standards and these expectations, whether they're self-induced or kind of just absorbed from what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really powerful place to start um, this word balance. I think that people throw this around all the time. I'm a trying to achieve work-life balance. I'm a trying to achieve work-life whatever. And let's talk about, I love that you said harmony. I feel like that word just like has so much meaning. So let's kind of unpack that. What is harmony in the sense of balance it like you know what I'm saying the woman yeah. listening is like I'm trying to achieve balance but what is she actually trying to achieve yeah for me, for me I think when we think of balance we think of a, a steady still state of everything being equal mm-hmm. and that's just not true for how life is there's always going to be times where we need to be doing more there are times when we're going to feel like we want to rest more and that might be literal seasons as in kind of the season of the planet but we have our own seasons as well when we kind of might want to be more active might want to be more doing things and less focused on kind of um seeking out rest but there can be other times when we just want to kind of turn a little bit inwards and to contemplate things or perhaps release things and not be doing so much but be kind of more of that internal world 
So finding a harmony for me is very much around kind of what does that cyclical rhythm and weaving of things look like for us as individuals. Society will have us believe that you can just do life in these eight hour chunks. Mm -hmm. The industrial revolution we've got to think (laughs) to thank for that. (laughs) Like before that, our ancestors would have been living. So if we think before electricity, for example, our ancestors would have been um, the the bare, the maximum would have been candles that you would have had. So if it was dark, you went to bed. If the light was there, then you you were kind of you're active and you're working. And they would have been living in ways that had work, play, and rest mingled in with each other. There would have been literal like cottage industries where you're working and playing and living all in the same space. And then industry comes along and we suddenly have these eight hour chunks that we kind of divide our life up into eight hours for working, eight hours for sleeping, and then eight hours for everything else. Mm-hmm. in the day um and it just it becomes this kind of a churn that just doesn't feel for me inspirational it doesn't feel uh, inspiring that I want to kind of do anything with those those chunks of time that look different because we're, the expectation is you work in this way mm-hmm. so harmony for me looks like tuning back into what it is that you need and you want as an individual that's kind of tuned out from whatever it is that society is telling you you should be doing on this day at this hour on this month whatever it might be and finding kind of what feels right and flowy for for where you are now and what you need and want now yeah absolutely I love that and I think it's so powerful that you know we do try to shove our life into these time block chunks and it's like you know, there's so many other factors and influences that play a role into our energy and our motivation mm-hmm. and our excitement and our joy. And so it's like, I'm curious, what practices do you have to kind of tap back into what is it that I need right now? Because I already can hear the man who's listening, who's like, but I have to be at work for 12 hours a day. So like Sadie, you're telling me that I'm going to be able to tap into what I need, even in those 12 hours. Um, and I, I think that we just kind of start to create this turmoil of excuses. So I think it's yeah. helpful to hear practices that you have that kind of help you tap back in and reground. Yeah, great question. Um, so my inner eight-year-old is my muse and my my mentor, like I and someone that I want to make proud. Like my eight-year-old self had on reflection a pretty great life. Like <laughs> she could play whenever she wanted. She can kind of um she was much more kind of free with her time. And when we do kind of have grown-up responsibilities and we have to kind of get stuff done, we have bills to pay, we have families to look after there's practical things that we have to get done completely but there is still a way of being a little bit playful and a little bit of that kind of inspired childlike joy and possibility and curiosity to things um so I have there are eight types of play and these aren't the ones that come from me these are ones that are kind of out there in the world um and it's weaving those through into your life and your days in really small little pockets that might feel on the surface that you're not doing much but the kind of the cumulative effect of doing it means that you're giving yourself these little pockets of of playful time playful energy with intention that that kind of have an effect that grows and it's also a really lovely way of showing yourself that you care about what you want you care about what you need and that you as a person or someone who is trustworthy of meeting your needs mm-hmm. and then that kind of that builds self-trust as well so if you want I can I can go over those 
what those yeah, types for of sure. play are. Yeah, yeah, I would love to hear them. I'm super excited. This is the first time I've heard of those different types of play. So let's do it. So they're from, um, it's a book called Play, funnily enough, by um, Dr. Stuart Brown. He kind of outlines these in his book. And it's not an exhaustive list, but they're kind of a really great place to start. Um, and some of them we kind of, I think, are things that we just forget about as we get to be adults. But bringing them back in can be like a really fun way to, to connect with things. So movement, which is um, what you'd expect is kind of dance, any sports stuff but also kind of rough and tumble, just kind of being a little bit silly about things and use, moving your body and in ways that feel good. And in doing that, it kind of helps build self-connection. It supports emotional regulation by allowing us to kind of physically move through things we might be feeling um, and helps. It's fun as well sometimes. So even finding just maybe five or 10 minutes to throw a Frisbee around, kick a ball around, doing something or, or um, a kitchen disco when you get ready in the morning. Heck yeah. Just, find, <laughs> yeah. just having like a, a mini playlist of like three songs. What's that? That's kind of like seven or eight minutes. Yeah. Just three songs, which really kind of put you in a particular mood like just putting that on in the morning and having a kitchen disco or putting some music on when you're cleaning your teeth and just dance around doing that as well little pockets of time like that so that's the first one is movement next one is object play so this is kind of manipulation of objects kind of using your hands tactfully to to do things um so that might be like doing a puzzle it might be building a fort <laughs> but it also might be something like baking a cake um and it helps us to it helps us with problem solving and creative thinking because when our hands are busy and we're doing something that is kind of taking our attention, it lets our brains kind of get to work in the background mm -hmm. and think through things that we kind of can't always think of consciously. So like the shower gods often kind of drop ideas and inspiration <laughs> in because we've, we've stopped thinking about the thing. So this yeah. is the same idea that if you can find something to do, so it may be even just drawing um, but doing something with your hands and kind of connecting with your hand, mind, body in that way kind of can create space for those kind of things. Um, the next one's imaginative play. So this can be anything that is creative where you're bringing ideas out from your imagination. So drawing, writing, colouring, painting. And that's just a really beautiful way to express your inner story and to find ways that allows the expression of emotion that sometimes we don't always get in any other way mm -hmm. so journaling can be a really good way of, of doing this or even just um, spending some time um, doodling so if you if you're a busy office person as I used to be um, in, a, in a different life doodling was something that I found quite um, quite relaxing and quite calming and just kind of doing that kind of simple repetitive thing can be we might not think of it as play, but it's it's bringing those elements of creativity in that are quite playful. And then there's social. So things like team sports and games, shared activity, and that builds connection with other people. So perhaps there may be places at your work or in your community that you can go and do um, playful things with others. And that might mean that you can kind of combine the, the movement aspect in there as well. So going and playing in the UK, it would be netball, probably that the women would be going and out playing or or um, going swimming with some friends as well, if that's an option for you. Uh, the next one is ritualistic play. So this is when we bring rules in to play. Um, 
so again it could be like board games where there's kind of structure to things it could be team sports again where there's structure but it could be and this is where I bring it in is creating your own rituals so um, I have something called the dark moon club which is um, every month when with the dark moon I send out a mini ritual so it's a meditation um, some journal prompts and a little mini ritual to do and they're just really lovely ways to weave in self-connection um, and all you need is like half an hour or 45 minutes and once you start building these practices for yourself then it can be something that you can you can bring in different elements of them at times that suit you so sitting down with your coffee in the morning and having a really mindful moment with your coffee and just really intentionally kind of sitting with your coffee and creating um like turning mundane daily things into little rituals, mm-hmm. kind of really centering yourself in that experience and, and spending that time to connect. And then there's storytelling, which I've kind of covered a little bit in imagination, which is kind of creating stories, but also reading stories. Um, so even just reading a book, taking time to do that can count on your commute rather than kind of being on your phone. Reading a book can be a really lovely way to kind of bring in those elements of pay, play. And the last one is innovation, um, which is kind of using your imagination to problem solve in ways that that feel really new and and different. And I think if you're in non-creative industry roles, you might not think that you get to be creative. But if you can bring that innovation sense and find ways to perhaps put your hand up and say, hey, I've got an idea about how we could solve this problem or there's something that I thought we could do and, and share that in your workplace and you can kind of bring in connection and play in that way as well so there may not be things that people think of as play but they are they have those elements of creativity of using your imagination um of self-connection and movement that yeah it means that we can be playful in ways that we may not have expected yeah, absolutely. I love that. And as you were like going through the different categories, I was like kind of filtering through my own life of how those are already integrated and kind of where I could do better. So I really hope the woman listening, you know, listens to this episode a couple of different times and, you know, asks herself, where can I incorporate this type of play into my life? And I, I really loved and appreciated that you shared tangible examples of like, five minutes here, 10 minutes here, because, you know, the already busy woman is like, I have enough on my plate and you want me Mm -hmm. to add more. And it's like, no, just shifting those mundane tasks that you already do, bringing a little bit of extra joy and intention to them. And it completely shifts the perspective. And I think that it gets to be that simple. People just tend to overcomplicate it. Yeah. And if you're centering joy in your experience as well, like what would make this more joyful? Mm -hmm. What would make this a little bit less heavy? Where can I bring some play in? What if I just kind of spend some moments like just shaking out the energy that I've got in me that's kind of making things tight Mm -hmm. and it and it creates space for new things to come in as well. So there's yeah, there's all kinds of ways that you can just weave these little moments through your days. Yeah, for sure. And I, I really actually love the one. I don't personally drink coffee, but I know a lot of my listeners love coffee. And, you know, it's something as simple as taking that extra five minutes in the morning to actually sit down and like drink your coffee before it gets cold. I work yeah. with a lot of nurses who like joke about how many times they have to rewarm up their coffee throughout the first part of the day. And it's like, but what if you just <laughs> took that five to 10 minutes to drink it and enjoy it? What can shift in the rest of your day, energy-wise? <laughs> yeah, and and when we do those things, they're like little acts of rebellion as well. I like mm-hmm. to think of myself as a, a bit of a mischief muse, like just inspiring <laughs> other people to be mischievous and to do little kind of small acts of rebellion and 
um, challenging the status quo. So mm-hmm. if you feel that you don't even have time just to sit for five minutes and drink your coffee, what does that say about how you see your value and the way the rest of the world is set up that you have to rush through things that you enjoy to be kind of back into the cog of the big machine that's turning like taking just a quick episode break to share with you a product that I have absolutely been loving for probably the last six, seven, eight, nine months. I don't even know. But if you follow me over on the gram, you see me rave about it all the time. Sleep milk is my go-to. It is the chocolatey goodness that you need in your life. It was founded in 2019 by former athletes and friends with one goal in mind to provide delicious strength and energy to healthy-minded folks worldwide, aka you, my friend, listening to Built to Be You right now. Slate offers high-protein chocolate milks and lattes that are better for you and better for the planet. All of their products contain 20 grams of protein, zero grams of added sugar. They're keto and lactose friendly, and they are freaking delicious. I am not a coffee drinker, but they have a mocha latte one, which has some caffeine in it. My personal favorite is the classic chocolate. It is the best on the go, pre-shift snack, mid-shift snack, you know, post-workout chocolatey goodness. Oh my gosh, it is chef's freaking kiss. And they also have a dark chocolate flavor as well. Uh, Because you are a listener of the podcast, if you use the code Michaela 10 you can get 10% off of your order. And I will make sure to put a link down in the show notes. I personally order a 12-pack and I have it on auto ship every two weeks because when that stuff runs out of my fridge, I am sad. What if you did dare just to take a few more minutes for yourself and let that kind of that sink in that you're worth that you're worth those minutes and much more as well but it just it builds little layers of do you know what I'm someone who takes time for myself and you then you can create new stories and new narratives about who you are and what you prioritize in your life oh Sadie that is so good and I think that that's so like I could re-listen to that again and again because I think it really does. It's like that people don't realize that like the actions you're taking are basically a vote for the person that you want to become. And if you're con- like consistently putting yourself on the back burner and saying, oh, I'll do it tomorrow or oh, I'm not that important. It's like you're really undervaluing yourself and then you're not able to shine as bright for the rest of the world. So let's chat a little bit about kind of that narrative shift and maybe what that looks like. Because I think a lot of times people buy into this well I I just have to tell myself a better story and then I'll become a different person like what does that inner work of changing the narrative actually look like yeah it's it's not easy (laughs) it's it's maybe the the first thing to kind of be aware of but it's worth it and I say that to so many people kind of clients um, and one-on-one and in groups it's kind of it's not easy but it's so worth it because once you start doing it then it kind of the the ease comes to it and things be kind of you know what to expect, you know that things are going to maybe feel a little awkward and sticky and grindy when you first start doing it. But if you can expect that and trust that you can move through it, then you get to see what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the first thing is always for me is noticing the stories that come up when we kind of switch into autopilot. Um, Is it kind of that you want to put other people's needs before your own? Is it stories that you carry about what your worth is? Um, and noticing those and rather than letting that autopilot narrative run just to ask yourself what else is also true and where does this story come from is this a story that's mine or is it someone has given this to me and I've been carrying it so long that I've not even noticed it was there but now I'm paying it some attention I can kind of and that's where my curiosity comes in as well is kind of really questioning things like where is that come from and is that yours and do you want to carry that 
is that serving you and bringing that um questioning in because if we when we're kids we we love asking questions and kids like do not stop asking questions like we want to know more about the world and then the older we get we just start accepting the things that we're told and we stop asking questions we just accept Mm -hmm. and in doing that we lose some of our um, autonomy and our advocacy for ourselves because we're just accepted this is the way things are and I just have to work my way through it I just have to exist in this world but if we stop and start asking questions and challenge the things that we believe and ask what else is also true then we can start to find new truths and things that we'd forgotten about ourselves things that we loved about ourselves that someone has told us wasn't worthy wasn't important wasn't wanted And we can kind of take those back out from where they've been hidden and start to bring them back into our lives and find that our lives feel better for them. And if we feel more connected, if we feel more joyful, then we're turning up in the world in a more connected, joyful world, joyful way. And that spreads out to other people. And that means that we've kind of, as you said, we've got more to give. Mm -hmm. If If you're kind of topping yourself up first, if you're looking after your needs first, then you're able to give from a place of plenty and abundance rather than a place of depleted scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's really important that, you know, it all starts with awareness and for the woman who's listening, that awareness could start right now. And, you know, going down that curiosity hole of where did this come from? You know, what else is also true? And I'm curious, do you tend to, with you and like the work that you do, do you tend to like verbally process that? Do you prefer journaling or like, do you have a method that you feel like works better? Um, I think it's definitely like a personal thing. But for me, I find either having conversations with someone else. So I have my Mm -hmm. own coach and sometimes just that insight comes when you're like, your thoughts become words and you say them out loud. You're like, well, now I'm saying that. That sounds ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Why would I think that? Or you kind of, you're able to follow a thought through out loud and suddenly it becomes something that you've been trying to get hold of and couldn't. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, there it is. That's what I was looking for. But also journaling um, is a really lovely way as well for me because there's sometimes um, things that don't come verbally, but when I'm writing, I'm like, oh, I did not know that was in there. Um, And there's some really like profound stuff that can come up um, and some stuff that is like, did did I know these words that I could say, like there's some real (laughs) wisdom in there as well. Um, I I think writing especially is much better than typing. If you want to tap into emotion for yourself and connect with your own kind of all those parts of you inside that have something important to say, writing it out creates some kind of brain hand connection that just allows that, um, yeah, that inner voice to flow. So I think play with those things, see what works for you. It may be that you're someone who is able to tap into this stuff when you go for a walk and you're out in nature and you're able just to kind of drop your awareness down into your body and experience things in a sensory way that that allows things to come up. So again, that that brings play into it. Like find out what works for you. Don't just believe if someone says you have to do journaling if you want to get in touch with yourself. That's the only way you can do it. Mm-hmm. It may be that it is talking through with some with someone that you trust. It may be just going for a walk and sitting and watching the ducks in the pond or watching the clouds and daydreaming. It may be that's where your insights drop in. So it may be when you're doing something with your hands. It may be when you're cooking or playing with your kids that things drop in. So yeah, I think it's playing 
and seeing what works for you. Yeah, for sure. And the common denominator of all of those different options is space and just allowing yourself and giving yourself that space to dream, to reflect, to connect. And I think that we often just get caught up in this like hustle culture of like, go, go, go. We have this eight hour block, this eight hour block, we're transitioning, we're going. And it's like, how do we remind ourselves to like slow down? And I think a lot of times people are always working against the clock. I only have 24 hours in a day. I only have X amount of time to do this. So how could I ever incorporate that 30 minutes? So let's talk a little bit about like the perspective shift on this like hustle culture, like let's grind, like always stay busy. And what's a more embodied aligned intention, let's say. Yeah, I think um, I think what's useful sometimes, and this is my background. So before I became a coach, I was a project manager. So I have like 17 years of project management, like really looking at things in quite an analytical, small detail and big picture way. So I think, first of all, have a look and see where you're actually spending your time, like on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a, in a month. Where is your time going? Mm-hmm. Um quite often we have a lot of responsibility so that that's kind of that's a given but where else is your time being spent and I guarantee that people will find that their needs get marginalized into kind of tiny little pockets kind of squeezed at the ends and the beginnings of days but through the day there will be times where it might just be easier to just pick up a phone and scroll scroll through it for a while rather than sitting and doing something intentional like a deep breathing exercise to bring connection back to the body or reaching out to a friend and seeing how they are or reaching out and saying hi I'm feeling a bit low like there's so many barriers that we put in front of ourselves about not reaching out and letting people know how we how we feel and what we need Mm -hmm. so I think first of all having a look how are you actually spending your time um and is that how you want to be spending your time And where through that day, through that week, through that month, could you start to reclaim some of that time? And then perhaps commit to just a day, a week, a month of saying, I'm going to create a pocket of intentional time that I'm going to spend on something for myself. Yeah. And then see how you go with that commitment. It doesn't have to be for a long time, maybe even just 10 minutes. If you said, I'm going to find 10 minutes every day this week to do something for myself. And then see what happens at the end of the week. How did you feel? Was that easy to do? What did you have to shift around to make that happen? And then from that, you'll be able to see what else might need to happen if you wanted to have more time. You'll be able to see how good it felt to have that time for yourself. And you'll probably, quite possibly, also come up against resistance and perhaps some failure of doing that as well. And then when those things come up, it opens up the opportunity to bring in self-compassion rather than judgment. Mm-hmm. Or well, uh, Monday I promised myself that I'd find ten minutes every day. It's Wednesday and I've already failed. So rather than bringing in judgment and stories about I'm a failure, I never do anything, I always quit. Finding finding compassion for that version of you and committing to well, do you know what? I'm just going to start again tomorrow, mm-hmm. and not creating another narrative of I can't do things. It's okay. I'm going to try again and I'm going to do it with compassion and grace and see what happens. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important, like that first phase of like self-assessment of where is my time really going? Because it's 
easy to just be like, oh, well, I'm out of time. I don't have any time. 24 hours isn't enough versus like really taking that ownership of this is how I'm spending my time and kind of just like saying it for what it is. I'd rather scroll social media for 30 minutes than find a new way to play for 30 minutes or, you know, whatever that might be. And sometimes you just like need to say it out loud and like really put it into perspective to like realize what it is. And then it's like, okay, this actually doesn't feel great. I have these big dreams and these big ambitions and like I'm probably not going to get there doing the things that I'm currently doing. And I think sometimes it's just like that conversation you have to have with yourself that it's like kind of hard to hear, but it's like, Mm. I actually really needed this because it's going to help me redirect to where I'm going. Yeah. Um, There's a really slightly, slightly painful um, exercise that I, Mm. that I sometimes have clients do, which is to have, once they've done that thing of looking through their week is to write down what they're committed to. And we can say, oh, I'm committed to making time for myself and um, running a 5K, whatever it might like. You can say that I'm committed to that. But when you've looked at what your week looks like, what are you actually committed to? And then write that down as a statement. Mm-hmm. And that might look like um, I'm committed to losing myself in my phone when I feel bored. I'm committed to overextending myself at work and um, doing more than, than is expected because I feel a need to whatever it might be mm-hmm. so naming things in that way kind of it's a bit like calling yourself out yeah once you've done it and you go okay so I can see what I'm doing now I can stop lying to myself about I have these great intentions mm-hmm. and then the world is working against me and go actually I'm getting in my own way so these shadow intentions come in that are kind of sitting underneath the surface and getting in the way and once we can name them then we can do something about them so otherwise it's kind of we're bumbling along thinking my life feels out of control, but we're not doing anything to take back control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this ties so beautifully into that self-compassion. It's like, you're not a failure or you're not a loser or you're not less than because of where you're currently at. You know, you're just simply honoring and allowing yourself the space to reflect and, you know, realizing what needs to change. And I think so often people get wrapped up in this identity of I am a failure or I'm not enough because I say that these are my commitments, but this is actually the reality that I'm living. So it's like, how do I bridge that gap and kind of just be nicer to myself, which you had just talked about, you know, self-compassion, what that looks like. Mm. So I think about the woman who's listening, who's like, okay, something needs to change, but I don't know what. She does this little time audit. She looks at her week. She sets her new commitments. What other work does she need to do to continue to grow and evolve into that next version of herself? Yeah. Um, and this is where the sticky stuff comes in around. It's it's not like, again, it's not going to be easy. You can't just decide this is what you want your life to look like. And then it magically just happens. Great. You have to work at it. And I put a post up, I think, um, just recently saying you have to choose which battle you want to have. Is it the battle of resisting what you want and staying stuck where you are? Or is it the battle of receiving, which requires you to show up in spite of your conditioning that is kind of telling you, you don't deserve this, you shouldn't have this, this isn't for you, and fight against that instead. So it's just choosing what battle do you want to have? What fight do you want to put your energy into? Because whichever one you choose, and it might be that there's a different one that you choose each day, that's fine, that's life. But whichever one you choose the most often, that's the one you get better at fighting Mm -hmm. and that you get better at winning. So you either get better at resisting what you want and feeling stuck or you get better at receiving what you want and pushing against that sense of conditioning that is so awkward. But it's it's there and we can't change it. Mm 
so yeah. it's kind of committing to what yeah which of those they're your choice they're your choices you either mm-hmm. stay where you are and feel miserable <laughs> or you or you push forward and you start to see change and you find it maybe uncomfortable at times but there's also this growth that comes with it as well yeah, definitely. And in that discomfort, you know, within that lies beauty and, you know, that growth is hard and not a lot of people are willing to show up for it. And, you know, I think about the women who tune into this podcast, like they are consistently tuning in to the work, but then it's like, you have to follow it up with that action. You can't just say that you want something to change, or you can't just say that you want something to be different. It's like, how can I actually go and integrate and make these changes? And I think a lot of people a lot of times people get stuck in this like contemplative phase of like, what if, like it could, but I don't mm-hmm. know. And it's like kind of just like floating through space. And it's like, you're going to stay exactly where you are. And that resistance is not, not mm, fulfilling, I guess. <laughs> and it, yeah. And that's where that frustration comes from. It's kind of like, I see all these people having everything else. They seem to have it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and, and we think it's luck or fate that gets in our way, or this is just stuck. We're just stuck where we are, and this is what we have to kind of settle with. Right. So we choose to settle, and we choose to settle being feeling miserable about being settled as well. Whereas if you can decide, even for a day, a week, a month, I'm going to get myself into aligned action towards what I want more of in the smallest steps. It doesn't matter. A small step forward is a step forward. And being in that aligned action is going to grow your trust and your 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 change of your story that narrative changes of actually I am someone who takes action mm-hmm. I'm someone who takes action towards what I want more of I'm someone who does this in spite of people other people's judgment I'm someone who does this in spite of my own stories about I'm not worthy or I'm not capable or smart enough or whatever it might be I'm going to carry on in regardless of that fear that voice that doubt and move myself forward so yeah that the action bit is is vital because the rest is just dreaming um and I know there's so many of us that we buy all these books and listen to all these podcasts and we buy all these workshops and courses and then we just stutter at the bit where we have to actually integrate the things that we've learned Mm -hmm. because it's great to learn stuff it's valuable to learn stuff and I love learning but the integration bit is where the magic happens, definitely. Yeah, no, for sure. And what you were just saying, I was listening to a podcast this morning and it was with Tim Tebow and he was like, we live in such a beautiful world where like we don't have to act on only our emotions. We get to act on our conv- our convictions. Mm. And I think that like that is so applicable to what you just said of like, you know, these emotions are going to fleet. They're going to come and go. They're going to ebb and flow of like, I'm excited. I'm not excited. I'm aligned and not aligned, but it's like when you're really grounded in your commitments and who you're becoming and kind of that big picture vision, you're going to do that work of working through those narratives and not just listening to the podcast, but integrating the things that you learn. And I think that you're right. People do stutter. It's like, okay, I've consumed so much media and so much content, but now what do I do? (laughs) Yeah. what, What do I do with it? It's kind of, where do I start? I'll just go and listen to another podcast or I'll just read a book about it or I'll buy this workshop about it and then I'll know what to do. And it's that we don't, we need to kind of have that time and going back to what we were saying earlier about the space as well Mm -hmm. to integrate and then implement what you've learned. See if it works for you. See if it's what you really want. Try Mm -hmm. things on. And again, that's the playing and the experimenting is, is just kind of bringing that in and creating the space to see what happens because when we create space then opportunity comes in 
And if we're then paying attention to opportunity, we can say yes to things. But if we're head down just on that hamster wheel and just feeling really tight about life, then there isn't that space and there isn't that opportunity. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's something that I've been navigating in real time. It's like the less resistance I create against working against time. And I really am just like present and expansive. You receive so much. And I think a lot of people just forget that that space for receiving is so crucial at whatever capacity that looks like. And it doesn't have to be some like, I'm going to sit on the floor in a pillow and meditate for 20 minutes. Like you said, it could be just integrating those, those moments and areas of play. So I think that all of that comes back full circle to the end of this episode. Yeah. I love, I loved where that went. There were so many things there that, um, yeah, that kind of weaved together really lovely. So I hope that's been helpful for whoever is listening. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, Sadie, is there any last little golden nuggets or things that you feel like we missed that are really important for the Built to Be listener to hear right now? I think the most important thing for me, the core of everything I do is that sense of self-compassion. Um, and whenever you come up against a story that carries judgment or shame or guilt, just pour on like it's double cream and it's a big cake, like just pour on loads of compassion to it and just like smother everything in self-compassion. Absolutely. Because what that does is builds trust for yourself, that you're someone who will take care of who you are, that you love who you are. Um, and it just shifts how you view the world as well. You stop judging yourself. You judge other people less. You can find compassion for other people as well. So yeah, just bring always bring things back to that sense of compassion. Yes, I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Where can we connect with you after this episode is over? Sure. So I am this curious life coaching um on the internet and on Instagram. I I play on TikTok. I don't kind of tend to use it for business, but I I play on there um, under the same name. And um, yeah, most of the time you'll find me on on Instagram. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I will make sure all of that is down in the show notes so we can tap into the beautiful work that you were doing. And thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon.